the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Under Center Podcast. I'm your host, Daramar, and we are reviewing week three of the NFL season. I am delighted to be joined, as always, by Reen Malloy. And returning for the first time this season, I believe, it's Al McGrath. Uh, Al, first of all, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. A little, little down after a loss yesterday, but not too bad. There's well, plenty more in the future, Al. Don't be worrying about that. <laughs> oh, this is we talk. I so me and Rain spoke about it last week. This show, especially the review show, is our therapy session, so we can just yeah. get it all off our chest. <laughs> and by the end of the hour, we're all going to feel an awful lot better. That's exactly it. Excellent, Rain. How are you? I'm feeling excellent. First win for the Panthers in 10 months. First win at home in 12 months. It's it's a nice feeling. It's a feeling I'd forgotten. But uh, yeah, happy out. Yeah, who would want the team that wins all the time? Because then you're just used to that feeling. You yeah, want like yeah. you want to savor those feelings when you get a win every once in a while, you know? Yeah, the, um, the, the highs are that much better when you're just always in the in the doldrums of the lows so yeah. <laughs> exactly uh like i said we are here to review week three of the nfl season so we're going to go through all of sunday's games and um, spend a couple of minutes on each one with some of the mo- bur- more burning questions coming out of each game but before we do i uh, should mention that this show is brought to you in partnership with locker locker is a new sports app that centralizes premium sports content and puts the power in the hands of fans to personalize their world of sport, including a range of premium NFL sources that can be tailored to your fan experience. Download for free now in the Irish or UK iOS and Play Store today. Uh, definitely an app you should get. Uh, get. Also, we should mention about the Club Hero Um competition they are running as part of locker so if you download the app you'll see a club hero option if there is a local club that you play for or that you know well you put the club in there it's in with a chance to win five thousand euro for that club to spend on whatever they want so uh, we've downloaded it we're hopefully we're doing it for the the pirates do it for your club see if you can get it for your club as well any it can be soccer american football any club any sports club at all you can uh, download the app and be in with a chance to win €5,000 for your club. And I'm sure money that is greatly needed and would be greatly appreciated by any club around the country for sure. But let's get into the week three review. And I think there's no better place to start with than in South Florida. That was the uh, gigantic AFC, sorry, yes, AFC East matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Of course, Miami Dolphins win by 21 points to 19. Lads, the talk of this game before um, before a ball was snapped was the lack of experience in the uh, Bills' defense, especially in the backfield. Um, four players that had never played together before in the cornerbacks and safety positions due to injuries, but the biggest struggle I saw throughout the whole game, and, and Rian, I'll start with you first on this one, was the Bills' inability on the offensive line to stop the uh, Miami defense getting at Josh Allen. Yeah, they were they were absolutely a, a fantastic unit during that game. Uh, we saw pressure coming from all angles on Josh Allen, and it's not something that we've seen before, really, this season. Uh, particularly, they've, they've come up against some fairly decent defenses in the past. 
And it seems that just the Dolphins had their number. They they knew the sus and they were able to get pressure on Josh Allen, which is not something that's done very often. Yeah, um, Al, I, I want to know from yourself as well. We saw a, but it, it was a it was a game full of crazy and controversial moments, and probably the craziest and like in, in this game, especially if you saw it, it, it it's it, there's a high bar to set in this, and that that of course is the two. Uh, Tonga Vailoa head injury that was actually a back injury, but we all knew it was a head injury. Um, just before half time, we saw him stumble. You know, we all sort of feared for his well being, and and then we find out that it's a back injury and that he'd be out to play the second half. Did you agree with the decision to allow him um, to uh, come back out on the field? Absolutely not. He he was obviously concussed. Like you don't walk like that because of a back spasm. You know, he could barely stand up. He was concussed. He went through concussion protocol. They reported it as a head injury. And then they put him back in the game. It was incredibly irresponsible. Because, I mean, it concussions are bad. But if you, if you get it again, then, I mean, you can risk severe injury. So, no. I'd, and the NFLPA are rightly uh, investigating uh, that process. So, no. I don't agree with that at all. It's it's a very strange one for me that this the guy who basically cleared him to go back in the game is a third party adjudicator, right? So he doesn't have a horse in the race. I don't know why he would send a guy back in who has clearly been concussed. Everybody in the world saw that this guy took a shot to the head. He should not have been allowed back in that game. Um I don't I don't know how like there was no pressure on him to get him back in the game or anything like that. Third party, this is the reason that they're there. I just don't get it. I don't get it. No. And at no point in the moments after the the hit, because um, it was more, it wasn't more the hit from a player. It was more the back of his head hitting the ground, I think, after he was pushed. I think it was Matt Milano that, that did it um, after the ball was thrown. Um, at no point after he got up, at no point after he stumbled, after he got up after stumbling, walking off the pitch, did he hold his back in any way. It was all the head. And we all knew that. And yeah, I think some serious questions need to be asked. And um, I think some serious questions you've asked about the Dolphins organization pushing this um, and to see who was the person. And it, I, I'm guessing it comes down to the call of like, the, of course, the player is never going to want to leave a game. But management head coaches have to sort of, you know, make that decision for the wellness of their own player. And I feel that they didn't in this case. And they've missed it. They've missed um a, a, tr- a step here um, for player welfare, player safety. Um, you know, the NFL has gone through enough hard times on, um, with, you know, head injuries and head trauma over the years um, that they don't want to see anything like this happen again. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the injury report is going to be like now over the next week or so with Tua. If he is going to be on that injury report and if he is, what is the reason for that? Because they can't say it's a back injury if he's going through concussion protocol. Um, they have to officially announce that he is. And if that's the case, then they could be in for a world of, of trouble too. You know, like I mentioned, the craziest stuff in the game as well. 
you know, this now infamous butt punt from Thomas Morstead, <laughs> you know, that uh, ended up going for a safety. We heard, like, watching the game at the time, you hear the commentator saying he should just run it out of the back of the end zone um, and just take the safety. He got the safety in the end. He just went a different avenue of doing it. Um, and then probably, you know, one of the more bizarre moments we're going to see in this NFL season, uh, at the end of the game, after the Bills could not, uh, get the ball back in time to get one more playoff. Offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey going insane um, at the at the prospect of that. Um, that they didn't have enough time to get another playoff. Throwing everything everywhere. The the dummy was out of the pram for sure with with Ken and. You know, um, fair play to whoever was beside him decided to put their hand over the camera to stop him from seeing any more because God knows what else he was throwing around the room. But um, in the in the grander scheme of things, guys, and, and Rian, I'll start with you on this one. Do you feel this is just a bump in the road for the Bills? And then also um, on the, the Dolphins side of things, can the Dolphins now be considered a legitimate contender for this AFC East title? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. For the Bills, I don't think this is too much of a setback for them, right? They're still well on track to go into the playoffs. And when they do get there, I can't see a whole lot of people stopping them outside of, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs or someone like that. Um, For the Dolphins, though, on the other hand, I do think they are now, they, they now can be considered legitimate contenders, right? They could take that division, uh, take possibly take the number one overall seed in the, uh, in the AFC, it's it's obviously all up in the air because it's such a um, hotly hotly contested uh, conference. Um, but yeah, we we just have to see. Al, what do you think? Yeah, I don't I don't think this affects the Bills much. I mean, they they kept the game competitive despite missing what about ten starters at this point, and then being down their third uh, third string center at one point. So I think they'll be fine once they get a bit healthier. And, you know, especially going forward, they have some nice games for them coming up. Um, the Dolphins are definitely contenders. Um, I mean, they've they've been really good. Their defense have shown up in, you know, big moments in all the games so far. And two has shown that he has made that jump. You know, he's, he's not Allen. That's obvious, but... Um, you know, I think I think he can, I think he can bring this team to the playoffs and make a push this year. Yeah. Whether it's the Super Bowl, I don't know, but I think they'll make some noise. Well, definitely some interesting games for both sides coming up in Week Four. The uh, Dolphins playing in the Thursday night football game against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati, and then on Sunday, we I know you, uh, Rain, you mentioned that the Bills have a couple of nice games coming up. Next weekend is not one of them, unfortunately, because they're traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. So that's going to be another uh, mouthwatering tie between two top AFC sides. And we'll see if the Bills can uh, bounce back after this defeat um, in South Florida. Let's move on, though, to the next game. And probably one of there was actually a lot of surprising results this past weekend. Um, but one of the more, most surprising was the Kansas City Chiefs 17, the Indianapolis. Indianapolis Colts 20 um, the Colts finally have a win um, and another game where the favourite team had some offensive issues uh, Chiefs kicker uh, Matt Amendola obviously missing a field goal and an extra point um, the botched 
um, fake field goal um, trying to turn it into a conversion didn't work either um, one thing that the Chiefs failed to do especially when you're playing away from home is run the ball and they could never get the ball going on the ground which put a lot more pressure on Mahomes there was a lot of moments in this game where they should have you know, converted maybe to get first downs or there was a touchdown especially Travis Kelsey dropped in, in the end zone that should have been caught for this I think it was just a day where sort of the Colts had all the luck um, and they needed all the luck to finally get their first win and relieve a bit of pressure on Frank Reich. But for the Chiefs, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk of, you know, if what if Tyreek Hill was still playing, you know, what if this, what if that. Um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster had his best day as a Chief, um, I think over 80 yards in that game. You know, Travis Kelsey again plays well. It's there is still some work to be done with these new new receivers uh, coming into the team, but again, I feel like like with the Bills, it's going to be a little bump in the road. Um, Al, first to you, your thoughts on this game? Um, I actually thought the Colts played well, uh, which was completely unexpected. I don't think they played well enough to to win if the Chiefs eliminated some of their mistakes, but given their first two games. I thought they, you know, eliminated a lot of their mistakes and Matt Ryan played a decent game. But the Chiefs, you can't overcome all those mistakes, and especially on special teams. It was just a mess. They were they were just across the board undisciplined on special teams. So um and Mahomes wasn't fully Mahomes. He he made a few of his own mistakes. Um I think it's just one of those games. They'll they'll be back next week and with a vengeance anyway yeah yeah week week two and week three has been a little bit odd for Mahomes he hasn't really looked himself in either of those two games um against the Chargers he he made some terrible mistakes he was lucky to get away without being picked off a couple of times in that game and he had some similar moments in this one um now in terms of the the Colts they they did play quite well on offense which surprised me as you said yourself Al uh, Matt Ryan had a good game. He did try his best though to lose it with those two uh, those two fumbles he had. But um, yeah, overall a good day for the Colts. I never thought they were the better team out there for any point during that game. Um, but still, you know that's football. You got to win the ones that when the ball bounces your way, you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, well, that's a uh, Patrick Mahomes has always dubbed it. I think. If you like Scott Hansen, I think likes to do it. Uh, the best quarterback in the month of September, statistically speaking, he is anyway. Um, I don't think he cares about that. I think he prefers to be the best quarterback in the month of February. So if you a loss here in September is not going to kill the Chiefs' momentum, they weren't going to go through the season unbeaten anyway. So it is a surprising defeat. But this is the sort of like first couple of weeks where teams don't fully really know where they are. So there are going to be a lot of surprising results. And I think this is just one of them. I think we'll see now next week when the Chiefs uh, go up against, let me see here. The Chiefs are going up against the Buccaneers, actually. So that's going to be an interesting game. And then we have the Colts. They are having a divisional matchup against the Titans um, at home. But let's actually move on to the to uh, the Chiefs' opponents next week, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost at home to the Green Bay Packers by 14 points to 12 for the second game in a row where Tom Brady and the Bucs offense only score three points in the first three quarters. 
Um, the books are missing a lot of players, especially like their top three wideouts at the moment. Um, Julio Jones injured, um, Chris Godwin injured, and of course, Chris, uh, Mike Evans was suspended for this game. But is there a little cause of for concern if you are a Bucks fan at how slowly the team has started this season? Uh, Rain, I'll start with you. A hundred percent. You have to be concerned about it. Uh, we already knew that they were going to be beat up on the O line, but we we said prior to the season. What's going to save them is Tom Brady getting the ball out to that star-studded wide receiver cast. Uh, looking at that game there last night, um, he kind of seemed a little bit lost in terms of who he was throwing the ball to. You know, Cole Beasley was kind of his uh, his go-to target when he was on the field. Um, so, yeah, I'd be a little bit worried if I was them. This year, they look human. They look beatable. And uh, there's teams taking advantage of that. Yeah, honestly, they, they look a bit lifeless on offense. There's just there's nothing there. Fournette couldn't get going today or yesterday even. Um I just I just it's not it's not gonna be enough. I think we're gonna see a lot of games from the Buccaneers like this unless they kind of get it together. Yeah, what what stood out to me in that game as well was this could be the final ever meeting of uh of Rogers and Brady and we saw what four touchdowns or three touchdowns <laughs> combined I was expecting this like offensive just shootout and we just didn't see it it looked like the Green Bay Packers were going to put up 50 points uh, after the first whatever it was 10 minutes when they had the two touchdowns uh, but yeah it just stalled out completely from there yeah, well it was a, it, it, it was it was the game where two fantastic legendary quarterbacks were throwing the ball to people that they didn't really trust. And, mm-hmm. and and that's what it was. Brady doesn't trust the people that he's thrown to. Sorry, excuse me. I know Russell Gage had a very nice day as well. Yesterday's um, probably the, own, the most um, established receiver that you had there on the pitch. Uh, and with, with, with um, sorry, with Rodgers, he is throwing to, people again that have just been drafted and um the only person that he's familiar with is randall cobb who gave up the fumble as well so um it's not it's not great there for the packers and 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 the buccaneers in terms of offensive weapons lucky for them they're on the afc side of the conference or nfc side of the conference where you know the 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 bar to to get into the playoffs is not going to be as high as the afc so they there is a chance that probably they might see each other again in, in january um, we'll see how the seedings play out, but um, if that is the last time they do play each other, a total of six hundred combined yards, um, for both teams is not great for for the meeting between two. I guess if we want to call them goats, they're goats. Uh, I wouldn't put Aaron Rodgers in that category, but hey, look, we'll just leave that for another day. Uh, let's see what we're we gonna talk about next. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about the uh, Baltimore Ravens traveling to Gillette Stadium. To- to beat the New England Patriots 37 points to 26. Um, Lamar Jackson throws for four touchdowns again, and he has his own rushing touchdown again. You know, this uh, for me, um, I know there's another player that we'll talk about a little bit later that's getting a lot of um, MVP talk, but for me, Lamar Jackson is the clear MVP front runner at the moment. Um I th- I think that uh he's not getting enough recognition um from the media um for how well he started this season and how 
good he's looked throwing the ball as well because that's one thing that is always he's always that's always been a stick to sort of beat him with a little bit um is the fact that he hasn't been able to throw the ball well but he's been really accurate this year um the fact that they said that they were going to he has no wide receivers to throw to doesn't matter because he has Mark Andrews there um, Rashad Bateman has started off the season really well and uh, Devin Duvernay has, has popped up I think he's the top touchdown scorer at the moment in the league too so um, he's definitely got some players there to help him um, and I say the Ravens are kicking themselves at this point now that they haven't tied him up just yet they should have just gave him that guaranteed money because he's going to cost so much more um, in the next off-season off season. but um, Al first of all with, with um, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson side of this game, it was total domination from the guy from them, and um, they have uh, definitely recovered from that shock loss to Miami. Oh yeah, I mean he just he looks completely unfazed by anything that uh, New England were throwing at him. He just looked brilliant the whole game. I mean he had a couple of mistakes, but um, I mean those those. Uh, throws to Mark Andrews were ridiculous and even better catches uh, uh, especially that one in the middle of the end zone um, I think the only thing letting them down is the defence they just they're so hit and miss and in this game they just New England just ran the ball as they wanted and I think if they don't tighten that up that's going to kick them in the playoffs You know, they, they have to tighten that up if they want a chance this year Absolutely. I'd 100% agree. Uh, we've seen in the last couple of games that the Patriots have been really struggling to move the ball, either on the ground or through the air. They managed to do both in this game against a Ravens defense who are, you know, if they're going to be a playoff contender or a Super Bowl contender, as Al rightly put it, they need to tighten up. Uh, now, looking at the Patriots with that Mac Jones injury, it looks like he's going to be out for a significant period of time. So I'd be a little bit worried again now with the uh, the Patriots. They couldn't move the ball with them. Um, they sure as hell won't be able to without him. Yeah, and, and that is um, what I was going to move on next with Mac Jones. A tough day from yesterday with those three interceptions. He did rush for a touchdown of his own, but... It looks like it's a it's a high ankle sprain. I think there's a fear there's could be a tear somewhere there as well. Um, they're hoping he doesn't have to um, go for surgery, but it looks like he's going to miss some time, which means Brian Hoyer was go- is going to take his place. But if there's any sort of extended time for Mac Jones out, you can pretty much close the book on the on the Patriots season, surely. I think so. I think it's time to shut up shop and start thinking about draft position for next season. Yeah. Sorry, Al, were you going to say something there? No, I, I was, well, I was going to say, yeah, I mirror that. I think they're done uh, for the season. Um, I mean, with a high ankle sprain, you know, a good one, you're looking at six weeks. Um, So I think, I think he's done for the season. Okay. Okay. That's what we've seen a few injuries this year and this weekend that have caused a lot of concern for teams as well and then Mac of course is just one of them but we'll move on um yeah let's have a look at this one the uh, New Orleans Saints 14 the Carolina Panthers 22 for me one of the stranger games I've seen this weekend um the Saints gained so many yards but did not score a point until the fourth quarter and the Panthers on the other hand didn't really do a lot with the ball offensively 
um, but had a comfortable lead for most of that game. Um, no, this this is just me. This is just what I noticed on this. But um, this game seemed like so non-eventful that um, the red zone weren't showing it too much. And when they did pan to the game, I genuinely forgot that these two teams were actually playing. But um, Rain, since you are the Panthers fan on this, um, you can tell me I'm wrong if I if I am. Um, but what did you make of the, of the game yesterday? You absolutely were not wrong. There was nothing going on in this game at all. Um, it popped up at the end of the game. Christian McCaffrey run, ran for over 100 yards. I don't see how that happened at all. It seemed like he was getting stuffed for two or three yards on every single play. Uh, I think what really won this game for the Panthers was their defense. They were dominant on defense. We saw Frankie Louvu with the strip on... Um, on Alvin Kamara and Frankie Louvre has been playing to a really high level this year, possible pro bowler, I would say. Um, but yeah, the, the defense was dominant and the blocked kick as well that they had. Will Lutz had a pretty poor day. One blocked kick, one missed from, I think it was 48 yards or something like that. A kick he should have made realistically. Um, and it really, really looks like that injury to the, to the back is affecting uh, Jameis Winston because he made some pretty poor throws again a lot of overthrows and I think that's to do with overcompensation that he feels like he needs to drive the ball a lot more now that he can't get the rotation um, and he's just overthrowing players um, but I mean look positives to be had on the Panthers uh, side of the ball with that defense but they really need to get things going on the offense I think without that big long touchdown run or touchdown pass to LaVisca Chenault I'd say they had around 100 yards passing on the game, which is just not good enough in the NFL. Yeah. Al, for this on the Saints side of things, um, a bit of a concerning start to the season for them. They, you know, they scraped that win against the Falcons in week one. They struggled offensively again in week, uh, again in week two, as well as, as yesterday. Um, and with Jameis Winston carrying these four fractures in his back as well, um, is there is there a little concern there now for for the Saints going forward for the rest of this year? I think so. Um, I mean, uh, Alvin Kamara has been a complete non-factor. Uh, I think he missed the game last week, but um, yeah. But first game and this game, just complete non-factor. Wasn't even might as well have just stayed in the sideline. Um, one bright spot I will say is uh, Olavi. Uh, the rookie receiver. He had three big catches and he looked really good. So I think if they can if they can get things moving a bit better, I think he'll be a huge part of that. And then um I don't know why I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, Mike Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas. Uh he had one good game. Uh he had a few catches uh last week. But I didn't see him uh yesterday so I think it's just they're they're one dimensional, um, and that's why they're struggling. They don't they don't have a good target share, um, and without um, why can't I think of these names? Uh, their tight end quarterback, oh, Taysom Hill. Uh, he was Taysom Hill. He was out today, so without those kind of big chunk plays that he always gets, I think that they're they're really going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Rian, correct me if I'm wrong. Was did Mike Thomas go down in that game? He did, and so did Jarvis Landry at one point. So they were really down to bare bones. Uh, Marcus Callaway was 
uh, in the starting lineup by the end of the game, as was, uh, I can't even remember the other guy's name, Deontay something, Deontay Johnson, maybe. Traquan Smith, but, actually. Didn't Traquan he? Smith, Traquan Smith, yeah. 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 But Callaway had a great catch in the end zone for a touchdown. Yes. Um, so they, they do have a little bit of depth there at wide receiver, but, I mean, Chris Olave was absolutely the standout there. 146 yards on the game, excellent day. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should mention the Marcus Callaway touchdown because it was a great one-handed grab. And, of course, we saw the, the crazy George Pickens uh, catch on Thursday. And I have to say, I think Callaway's was a little better. He just seemed to jump out of the air and just take it out of the air uh, and bring it down um, in a split second. Uh, it was a really impressive catch by the, by the young man because I think he was one that was destined for, you know, fantasy glory this, was it last season? I think it was last season. Um, he was talked up a lot and he didn't quite deliver. So hopefully this is the kickstart that he, he needs. And if there is injuries that maybe he can push on and, you know, um, strike a claim for that starting uh, wide receiver position for the rest of the season. Um, of course, the Saints now next week are going to be taking part in the first of the London games um, going up against the Minnesota Vikings at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next Sunday. But let's talk about the Vikings because they are going to head to London this week with a win because they beat the Detroit Lions 28 points to 24. The uh, The Vikings escape with a victory over their division rivals after being down 14-0 at one point early in the game. In the end, it came down to Dan Campbell's decision to go for a 53-yard field goal with 70 seconds left on the clock instead of punting it and making the Vikings go the length of the field. They missed the field goal. They gave um, the Vikings a short field to go with it, and that's all they needed with a, a KJ Osborne touchdown in the last few seconds to seal the win for the Vikings, a much needed win after their poor performance on Monday night against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Some injury concerns for the Lions coming out of this game as well, because uh, DeAndre Swift Swift looks like he's going to be out until after the bye week and um, with a shoulder injury. Amon Ross St. Brown went uh, down for a little bit as well. I believe he came back towards the end of the game and um, he was struggling with an injury too. Um, but, you know, for... As interesting and as fun as these Lions games are, they still are having problems closing out games and, you know, getting the wins, uh, you know, because they are one and two at the moment, the only win coming against the Commanders, which who also ran it close as well. And, and Rain, there has to be some questions at a certain point saying, yes, it's fun to watch your games, but at some point you have to learn to close them out. Yeah, yeah, it must be pretty painful for for Lions fans at the moment to be, you know, losing these one-score games a lot. Like, it happened at the end of last season as well. They were losing by one score in every single game. And, um, yeah, I, I can't remember the last time where the number one scoring offense in the league was had a losing record. It's bizarre, but, um, yeah. They really need to tighten things up on defense uh, when they do get these big leads. Like a 14-point lead should not be given up in the NFL, uh, even if it is just the first half that they had it in. It doesn't matter. They should hold on to that lead, um, play bend, don't break defense for as long as they need to, make the game shorter for themselves. And I don't think they did that. I think they just stuck to their guns, played the way they normally do. And it hurt them in the end because at the end of the day, you know, they lost that game. Yeah, I was a bit. I was a bit surprised by this actually, because I was I was expecting the uh, Lions to put up a 
bunch of points because the Vikings defense hasn't been brilliant. Um, they've been pretty soft, actually. Um, so the, the game got off to a pretty predictable start with two touchdowns, but then they just kind of shut them down for a while after that. Um, I don't... I don't think the Vikings are all that good uh, on defense, so I think this will be uh, a kind of one-time thing because they lost my train of thought. Sorry, <laughs> you're okay. You're Tired. okay. Uh, you're okay. We'll move. We'll move on. I want. I want to ask actually a bit about the Vikings because it was vital for them to get this. Um to get this victory after the, the poor performance against Philadelphia, like I said, on Monday. And with the the way the division is shaping out at the moment, because, like I said, you had the, the Detroit Lions that were 1-1, one and one, you were 1-1-2. One and one too. You have the Packers 2-1 and one and the Bears 2-1 and one as well. So, like, it is a tight division already, and it is definitely one there for the taking. 100% sorry, it is. <laughs> uh, say that again, sorry. It's okay. Uh, I was going to say the, it was important for the Vikings to get this uh, win because of the, how tight the division is already and the fact that it is up for grabs this year with uh, Green Bay not being as um, solid as they have been in previous years. So if they want to win this division, they have to win the, especially these division games. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think their offense is good enough to do it. Um I think if they can get their defense moving a bit more and tighten things up, I think they can make a push for it. Uh, they are a good team. Um, it's just their defense that could let them down in it. Um, definitely. I think we're forgetting about their quarterback as well. Of course, he can let them down, uh, particularly when it gets to prime time. When the lights come yeah. on, can't perform. He's just <laughs> useless. Uh, well, look, um, we'll, we'll see there with Cousins. Like, like you said, he proved that on Monday he can perform when it comes to the national TV coverage. But um, he's going to have to break that sort of voodoo if they want to go far in um, in the playoffs this year or if they want to actually win a division because um, they're going to need to. They're going to need him, especially with it's such a quiet game this week as well from from Justin Jefferson. Um, they're going to when he has games like that where he shut down a bit. You're going to have to sort of rely on your quarterback a little more to find other players. And look, he did do that yesterday with, with Adam Thielen and, like I mentioned, KJ Osborne both getting in for touchdowns. So it's not all time. So Justin Jefferson doesn't feel like it has to be all on his shoulders. Let's move on then to um, let's go to the uh, NFC West the LA Rams 20, the Arizona Cardinals 12. The Cardinals brought back down to earth after uh, their comeback last week. Uh, the Cardinals really couldn't get much going um, with any sort of offense. Uh, James Conner running the ball hadn't couldn't really get going. Outside of Marquise Brown having a good game, the ball wasn't passed particularly well. Even though Murray had over 300 yards passing, he failed to pass for a touchdown. Um this is sort of the worry I had for the Cardinals coming into the season. There's a, they don't have a lot of really important pieces. They've lost a lot of important pieces. I, I should mention with, in the off season, um, they didn't replace them. Um, they're st- they're really missing DeAndre Hopkins out there um, too. Um, but for the Cardinals and Rain, I'll start with you on this one. Um, you know, from the ecstasy of last week and coming back in that game against the Raiders to, you know, having this game against the Rams and, 
you know, for as poorly as the Rams offense played as well at times, like Matt Stafford didn't throw a touchdown pass for his first time as, as a Ram. Um, you know, it was a kind of a a poor offensive showing from both sides, but the Cardinals, when they're in these sort of games, they have to sort of win them if they want to, you know, consider themselves, which they think as being, you know, serious playoff contenders. Yeah, I think they're a bit delusional if they think they're serious playoff contenders. I don't think the Cardinals are a very good football team at all. Uh, beating that Ravens or Raiders team last week, the Raiders don't look good either. This team could be 0-3 uh, very easily, and I don't think they would be like the, the worst 0-3 team in the league, or the best 0-3 team in the league even, um, if they were. Uh, now, the Rams, they absolutely struggled. I don't know what has been going on these last couple of weeks with those Rams, but they imploded at the end of the last game against the um, the Atlanta Falcons, and they did not have a good game uh, this week. I thought there was going to be a, you know, a Super Bowl hangover there from last season, but I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. They still have plenty of weapons on that offense. They're, they're just not executing. Yeah. Yeah. Um... On, on the Cardinals, um, if you're paying your quarterback, what's it, $45 million or something, you want him to kind of maybe score some points. Just, you know, points. Um, and Kyler just looks lost. Now, he is making some nice throws, but that's not going to cut it. Like, um, Now, he was under constant pressure because Aaron Donald... Um, so give him a bit of leeway there, but I, I don't think Kyler's been good. I thought it was a mistake paying him, and it looks to be right so far. Um, and the Rams, I don't know. I don't think there's a single like unit on their team that look like really good. There's Aaron Donald, but I mean, that's that's the best part of their team by far. Cool. They don't look like a good cohesive unit like they did last year. Um, they look a bit disjointed this year. That kind of. Well, I, I don't like spark, either of these. The one bright spark they have on the offense, at least, is Cooper Cup. And look, if they couldn't take a bit of time to get, you know, into fully into this year, then look, that's fine. Um, I think they can afford it too, because, like you said, that division is there for the taking. Um, there's three other, you know, two poor sides, one side in the 49ers that, you know, they have the ability, they have the talent there, but can they really do it? They can, will they be held back by the quarterback? And, you know, we'll see and we'll get onto that game a little later on. But um, looking um, looking at the Cam Akers, though, having his revenge game last week, uh, 61 yards and a touchdown, but he tried his best to give the ball, give the game back to the Cardinals by um with that fumble. Um hopefully that is not car cam Akers in the doghouse. Um or maybe hopefully it is actually just for my own fantasy um for my own fantasy team because uh, I don't have cam makers so if people like oh, come up against invested so much in cam makers that now they're struggling with it I'm okay with that. Um, but we'll move on and we'll stay in the NFC West and we will have a look at the Atlanta Falcons 27, 
the Seattle Seahawks 23. Um, Al, I'm going to let you go first on this one. You are a, you are a fellow Seahawks fan. You have, this is your first appearance on the show this year, so I won't have my Seahawks rant. Um, I'll let you have it this week, so I'll, I'll leave it to you. I was kind of hoping we might just skip this one. Um, <laughs> I don't mind losing. I expected a lot of losing this year, but I want to see improvement. The defense is not improving. It's the same every year for the last five years. Just like it's they're trying to break records for how many yards they can give up, how quickly they can give up the yards. Cordell Patterson had a career day yesterday. He's never run for 140 yards. And he ran for 140 yards yesterday. And he could have ran for more. It was just pathetic. It's gross football. I I couldn't I couldn't watch it after a while. I don't <laughs> mind the losing. Like the offense, they were fine. They did their job. But I mean, just it's the same stuff. You you completely changed your coaching staff around. You changed your players around. You got rid of Bobby Wagner, and it's the same. And it's just gross. And I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, touching on that defense as well. The, the the Falcons offense has been pretty dysfunctional this season. And for them to score 27 points against that Seahawks defense is pretty inexcusable. Mariota is not the guy. Patterson, as much as I love him, he's not he's not an 140-yard running back. He never has been. Yeah, it's it's a poor one. But Positive spark. I like how that O line are playing um, with the Seahawks. They it's it's seriously upgraded from last season and seasons prior. Um, so that is a bright spark, and hopefully it's something that you can build around moving into next season. Because this season's done for. It's just a write off. Yeah, I mean to to see that improvement, and I mean in drafting first of all, um, and then to see the impact immediately from your two tackles that you get out of the draft. I mean, when's the last time that happens that you get two starting tackles out of a draft and then Tariq Woolen, the fifth round uh, rookie cornerback. Uh, he's not been perfect, but I mean, he's been amazing. I mean, given you got a fifth pick. round, you got a pick yeah. at the weekend. I mean, pretty meaningless. Uh, it was 10 seconds before the end of half, I think. But You tell him that. But then also the other draft pick, Kobe Bryant, um getting himself a sack as well in that game too. Um so the draft the, the draft class is starting to make appearances, which would be good. Kenneth Kenneth Walker had a few decent runs. Um you want to get more on the ball. The one problem I had on this game was the amount of stupid penalties that the Seahawks defense gave up to extend drives on third down when they shouldn't and they shouldn't be doing it. And then also on the offense to put their offense uh, to stop, um, you know, good plays um, and to stop them going down the field and to put them sort of to handicap them a little bit in that sense too. Um, yeah, it was, it was too many stupid holding call penalties or defensive interference penalties, which didn't need to happen. Um but yeah, this this bend don't break mentality at the moment of, of 
the Seahawks defense that they've had for these last few years. It's infuriating to watch, and, and teams know that. And if you ha- if you are going to do that, you need to make sure you are accurate with your tackling and you are accurate with your assignments. The the Drake London touchdown, especially um, in the second half, just showed how. Or was it the end, end of the first half or start of the second? I think it was the start of the second half. Um, he got through two tacklers, um, and they couldn't bring him down. Um, and if you're going to that, that is not acceptable when it comes to the sort of like a Seahawks defense or any sort of defense where you just let you're breaking tackles that easily, um, especially for like Quandre Diggs to to miss a tackle like that when he's meant to be the leader of that team, and um, it, it wasn't great. But um, yeah, like you mentioned, it's it's tough to watch this year. We we've talked about it. Um, as we were happy if the Seahawks only won one game, and that was the first game of the season, but. I kind of do want a few more wins. <laughs> I want that win to be a little again. I do. And it's going to be even tougher now next week going up against the Detroit Lions in Detroit, who are the highest scoring offense against probably the weakest defense. So that's going to be fun. Um, and then also one last thing before we move on about it. Geno Smith deserves a lot of credit as well. He's played quite very well these first three weeks. Um, he's true for three touchdowns, was it? Was it three? Yeah. Three touchdowns. Yeah, three touchdowns at the weekend. Um, DK Metcalf finally getting on board too. So he's they're airing it out quite well. So, um, yeah, everyone thought DK was going to be the issue or Gino's going to be the issue. He hasn't been. It's the defense. No. Gino, Gino has uh, more touchdowns, um, I think more yards, and a higher QB rating than Russell Wilson. So. I was just about to say that. Does anybody have the stats in front of them? Because he's definitely doing better than uh, Russell this year. So let's move on then until the next game. And that is the Las Vegas Raiders 22, the Tennessee Titans 24. Interesting stat coming out of this game. Josh McDonald McDaniels is 1 in 10 for his last 11 games as a head coach, going all the way back to his previous stints with his other teams. Rumors actually circulated on Monday as well that he had a behind-closed-door meeting with ownership after that loss to the Titans. Could he be on the hot seat already? Yeah, there's no doubt he's on the hot seat. This is a Raiders team that is stacked from start to finish with talent, and they're 0-3, and deservedly so. They have played poorly in the first three games of the season. I'm officially putting uh, Derek Carr on fraud watch. He has not played well at all this season he was ranked in the top 100 players last year craziness not a chance uh he needs to up his game or else he he needs to get out of the stadium he's 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 no use i don't understand the hype that Derek carr gets every year every year he's hyped up and every year he's proven to be an absolute fraud i don't get it he's just like get him out of there get a good quarterback he might start winning games (laughs) <laughs> I do. I you have to you have to look at the um I think what was it? It was a touchdown to try to to get them to 22 points. They he had seven or eight plays in goal to go to try and score a touchdown and he couldn't put it in. And he obviously it got extended because of a defensive holding penalty and he got another four goals and he eventually got there. But yeah, you you know it's the the scheme is 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 not being drawn up correctly. 
Carr isn't executing it properly either. Um, teams are just hanging back because I think as well, the struggle with the run game is real for the Raiders too. They haven't been able to run the ball well. Josh Jacobs is not playing great at all. Um, so they're able to play sort of two high safety, you know, the, the counter defense, the sort of wanting to throw it. Um, Devontae Adams, since his first game, hasn't really, you know, been a factor in games at all either. Um, and the, the quotes coming out of the dressing room where he's, was he's frustrated and angry at going 0-3. Um, I think he's more frustrated at the fact that he has to play with that Derek Carr for the rest of the season. Um, I'm probably thinking, I know we were mates in college, but this ain't college anymore. We got to start playing, getting some plays together. But the Rebel or the, the Raiders going 0-3 in the division as the, like the AFC West, they were blessed that all the other teams in the AFC West lost this weekend um, so that they aren't further away than they are now. Um, but still, I don't, I don't know what the percentage chance is of an 0-3 side going to the playoffs, but I can bet you it's in the single digits um, in terms of percentage of chance um, and probably starts with zero as well. Um, I think, for, if I recall correctly, it's 1.75%. 1.75 okay well best of luck with that <laughs> best of luck <laughs> with that let's um well yeah so we'll move on then to uh yeah let's go over uh back over to the nfc and let's talk about the nfc east matchup between the philadelphia eagles and the washington commanders uh the eagles 24 uh the washington commanders eight it could have been so much more but the eagles took their foot off the pedal in the second half once they had the game won um, complete domination in that first half. I think Carson Wentz was sacked eight times in the game. Um, I think four or five of them were in the first quarter alone. Um, it's an, it's been a real struggle so far for the Commanders, and another head coach that unfortunately it looks like he could be on the hot seat is Ron Rivera. Yeah, uh, that was start to finish domination, and especially on the defensive side of the ball for the Eagles, they had uh, nine sacks on Wentz and pressure all game, and they didn't let up. And then offensively, they were great as well. Um, AJ Brown had some nice catches. Uh, Devante Parker, is it? Um, had some really nice catches. Um, Devante Smith. Devante Smith, that's the one. Um, and uh, Hertz looks great. I didn't expect it. Um, oh, well, great. I... I not great, but he's very good. He's been very good to start the season. And I think uh, the Eagles are definitely going to make a push for the playoffs. Um, but the commanders are just lost. I don't, I don't, I mean, what's happening? <laughs> how can you, how can you be worse than you were last year? Yeah, I mean, look, they, they have actually brought in talent and somehow got themselves worse. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think a couple of those sacks as well are on Carson Wentz. He held onto that ball way too long on a couple of them. A few fourth downs as well that he got sacked. That's inexcusable. Third downs where he's getting sacked as well. Also inexcusable. Get rid of the ball. Throw the ball away. Live to fight another day. Uh, I know he's a gunslinger. He wants to win games with his arms, but he just doesn't have the talent to do that, particularly against an Eagles defense that has been as dominant as it has. Uh, now, 
a lot of guys are getting very rah-rah about the Eagles at the moment. I would like to see that offense go up against a top-class defense. I don't think they've really faced off against anybody uh, elite in the first three weeks of the season. So I just want to see them taken down a peg. The Eagles fandom are getting a little bit mouthy at the moment. Yeah, they are. And they got a little mouthy with us, I think, <laughs> after Monday's after Monday's uh after Monday night's win over the Vikings as well, because if I'm right, only one of us uh, this guy here predicted they would beat the Vikings. So uh, I was spared any grief, but uh you guys were at the mercy of uh Eagles fans just waiting to rub it in. And if you took it a bit too far and, and we don't uh we don't condone that, like we were all for banter, but there is a point where it's a little uh, it goes a little too far. Now, they are uh, entertaining the Jaguars next week. So that's going to be an interesting game, especially after the Jaguars' performance on uh, Sunday. Um, I'll tell you what, actually, let's talk about that game now because the Jaguars went to SoFi Stadium um, and they beat up on an already beaten up Justin Herbert and the Chargers, winning by 38 points to 10. Um, the Chargers are losing this game, but that wasn't the only um, thing that they lost. They've lost Rashawn Slater, their left tackle for the season with a bicep injury. Um, Joey Bosa had to leave the game um, at some during it with a with a groin injury. Um, although Herbert looked fine, he did. It looked as though the the rib injury wasn't affecting him too much. Um, but with his star left tackle gone. Um, there is probably a lot more cause for concern now with the following few weeks coming up. Al, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, to start, I was staggered that they kept him in the game. Uh, I mean, five minutes left, they're down 38-10 and they're still trotting him out there and risking further injury, which is, I mean, torn rib cartilage is no joke. I mean, that's, if that gets worse, that's that's potentially him done for the season. So, just unnecessary risks uh, with this game. And now with uh, Slater out, I think, I mean, that that was one of his biggest uh, things on offense, protecting him. And now, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It's, uh, it's a huge loss for them. Yeah. He's a QB who's able to get the ball out quickly. So just in a vacuum it shouldn't really affect them too much that the uh, left tackle is gone i mean obviously when you lose a left tackle it is a huge thing uh, for any offensive line but with the way the speed he gets the ball out um it shouldn't affect him from a kind of a pressure point of view if you know what i mean but i think it's going to be a serious confidence knock for him that he's already been beaten up throughout the season and now he's missing his main guy on that offensive line uh, going back to what you said, Dara, I actually think he was a little bit affected by this rib cartilage. Uh, I didn't think the ball was coming out with as much zip as it usually does. Usually that guy throws it on a rope. And I just saw the slightest little bit of wobble in some of those passes, maybe not the same velocity. And it allowed for the the Jacksonville defense to break on that ball more than we've seen uh, from other defenses that he's faced this past season. 
Mm-hmm. And on the Jacksonville side of things, a fantastic victory um, for possibly the Trevor Lawrence breakout game we've been hoping for this year. Three touchdowns um, with uh, or 262 yards, I should say. James Robinson as well, continuing to dominate on the ground with a 100-yard rushing and a touchdown too. Um, that touchdown coming off that fourth down um, run where I think he ran, was it 50 yards um, for, for a two? Um, the Jaguars have, have um, been really good these past two weeks and Doug Peterson is really laying down the groundwork here for um, a very competitive team in a division that um, is not great and could offer the Jaguars a chance and a route into the playoffs. Well, I mean, they're leading the division at the moment, so um, it's it's all looking up for the Jaguars. They're actually looking like a pretty good side. That defense looks dominant at times. Uh, and their offense is humming at the moment. I think Trevor Lawrence should win comeback player of the year. I know he wasn't injured last season, but he was mentally <laughs> scared by that coaching <laughs> staff that was there. I think he should be given special exemption to win that award. Uh, what do you think about the game? Um, I thought it was. I thought it, I was staggered. Uh, to be honest, I I I didn't think the Chargers were going to be brilliant in this game. But I didn't think they were going to get hammered 38-10. I mean, it was just a total dismantling. Um, as Ray said, I, I do think the rib thing did affect Herbert a little bit. Um, but I think I think he he could have played well enough, but they're they're definitely missing Keenan Allen. Um that's I mean, they, they don't have much behind him. And their defense was pretty poor. Um I think. I think people be, are being a little bit generous uh, after this game uh, with the Jags. They were good, no doubt. I, I don't want to take too much away from them, but uh, I don't know. They looked off. They they were just kind of lost, just giving up some easy completions. So um, I think they'll come back from this, but uh, that was that was a pretty ugly loss for the Chargers. Yeah, it was. Let's see if they can... Um brush themselves down and you know get over this um defeat quickly going up against uh, the Houston Texans next week and the Texans themselves are coming off a loss because they lost in Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears by 23 points to 20 a game to forget you could say for the neutral Great game for uh, Chicago Bears to win to go two and one on the year probably the most unbelievable two and one um team in the, in this uh in the league so far this year um Justin Fields struggled um in that game throwing two picks um he has been sort of restricted this season from throwing the ball they're going with a run first mentality in Chicago um with new coach Matt Eberflus um the Texans had um their own running back uh Damian Pierce having his sort of breakout game um, scoring um, a couple of, t- I think it was two touchdowns, wasn't it, that he scored? Was it just a one? No, he scored just a one, sorry, on, on Sunday. But um, still, nonetheless, a great game for him too. But the Bears winning this game, but concern still around the quarterback. Yeah, I this is not a sustainable uh, offense at the moment. Um, I mean, how many, how many pass attempts did Justin Fields have? I think it was 17. 17, yeah. I mean, and then he got picked off twice by uh Petrie, I think it was. Yeah. Um 
I just, he has to improve. Um, I don't think he has a huge amount of help on offense, um, both receiving and on the offensive line, but he he has to improve. He can't just rely on his own legs and the running game. Um, you're not going to throw two picks and win too often. Well, the running game still worked. Like Khalil Herbert going for over 150 yards and getting two touchdowns in that game. Now, the concern is with David Montgomery, their lead back, who um, left the game, I think, early in the first quarter with an ankle and a knee injury. So we'll see what the prognosis is there with him. Um, but, uh, Rian, yeah, your thoughts on, on what's going on with the Chicago Bears offense at the moment? Yeah, I, I, we, we, we talked last week about Justin Herbert and how he has all that potential there to be a good quarterback. He's just not shown it this season. Uh, and yesterday was no different. You know, he went for under 50% uh, completion rate and uh, he only had 106 yards. I think that puts him at less than 190 yards in the last two games combined, which is rough for a quarterback of any level. Um, but... Bright spark. I love the way Khalil Herbert runs the ball. He's mean, he's physical, and he's quick. Um, and I think they can rely on that on that running game. Um, it will be good enough for them to win a couple more games this season, I believe. Um, I said it prior to the season. I think the Bears are somebody that are a team that a lot of people overlooked that will get four, five, six wins on the season. Um, but yeah, if Justin feels can improve and I think he might uh, you know it's a new system out there in uh, Chicago um, yeah we could see them win a couple more games but it really really needs to um, he really needs to elevate his play uh, we're running a little short for time here so we'll get through these uh, last two games as quickly as we can the Cincinnati Bengals are on the board for this year beating the New York Jets 27 points to 12 in a, in a game where you know the offensive line seemed to play a little bit better for, for Joey Burrow. Um, the uh, running game was still a bit of an issue. And then on the other side, um, you know, Joe Flacco, after the heroics of last week, the um, sort of kind of brought back down to earth a little bit, the, the sort of Joe Flacco we've seen the last few years. But a little concern for the uh, rookie wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, who left the game early as well with an injury. We'll see what he's like there too. But um, what did you guys make of this game? I'll start with you first. The Cincinnati Bengals finally getting their first win of the year. Um, I mean, it was expected. Um, I, I didn't think they were going to go 3-0. and Um. I think they, they played the way I thought they would. The Jets have a surprisingly good defense this year. Um, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner have been very good for them. Um, but I, I don't think they're, they're not very good. Uh, they just they still struggle to run the ball. They can't just get a consistent passing attack going. Um, and it's the Jets. Um, I did predict them to get an upset win last week, but I mean, until until they have um, you know, the quarterback situation sorted, I I don't really put much stock in wins over the Jets at the moment. Right. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. the The issue on the offensive side of the ball is obviously the quarterback Joe Flacco is not the guy. 
Um, but Wilson could be. I think he has all the talent that could make him a good quarterback in the league for a long time. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I think what they're missing is a pass rush, right? They did not get pressure on uh, Joe Burrow this week. And for an offensive line that has been struggling badly the, in the first two weeks of the season, this was a welcome break for them. I mean, like if you look at the stats, I think they had two sacks, which is a lot less than what they've been giving up in the first two se- uh, first two games of the season. Um, but yeah, going back to what you said, Sauce Gardner looked incredible. He shut down Jamar Chase the entire game. Um, he looks like a really good draft pick. Yeah. Um, the defense, though, I know, I know you mentioned about the sneakily good defense on the Jets. The, the, they weren't too good in the backfield for that Tyler Boyd um, long touchdown. I think it was Jordan Whitehead who just failed to wrap up the tackle on that. Um, but yeah, good win for the Bengals um, and good to see them there now on the board because, um, you know, you would fear a little bit, especially if they go 0-3, what, what can happen like that. Quick turnaround to welcome the Miami Dolphins to Cincinnati on the Thursday night football, which we will cover in greater detail later in the week when we have our own um, Thursday Night Football show and we will look ahead, like I said, more to that game with a few guests that will be announced on our social media channels. Um, So make sure you're following us on them. Let's talk about the Sunday Night Football. Um, It wasn't a great game, so we won't talk about it too long. The uh, San Francisco 49ers 10, the Denver Broncos 11. Um, You know, tough going. Um, The 49ers started great. Um, with that Brandon Ayuk uh, touchdown um, in the first quarter, but then didn't score again to the third. The Broncos just weren't doing anything offensively at all. The the, the Boo Boys were out again in mile high. Um, Russ in the offense couldn't seem to get anything going. It wasn't until um, Jimmy G decided to pull a Dan Orlowski and step out uh, and... Now, lucky he did in, in in hindsight. Lucky he did step out um, and cause the safety because he threw it straight to, to Bradley Chubb, which would have been a pick six. But, um, you know, one of the big story, I guess, coming out of this game is the fact that um, San Francisco's uh, left tackle, Trent Williams, has a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for a month, Kyle Shanahan has confirmed. So that's a huge loss. And, Look, I mentioned it on previous shows. The things that can stop the 49ers this year is injuries, and they are stopping them. That's Elijah Mitchell out, Trey Lance out, um, now Trent Williams out as well. Injuries to really important players. But, um, Rain, I'll start with you first on this one. Um, sort of a Sunday night football to forget, but Denver, um, and Russ get the win to go two and one in the division, yeah. Um, it's it's a weird one. Uh, I've never seen a more dull game of football, and I watched the Panthers play last week. Um, but yeah, it, it was just an odd game from start to finish. Uh, going back to what you said about the injuries, when Lance went down, I actually felt like um, the 49ers would be in a better position to win. I think Garoppolo, with the way he fits that system, actually gives the 49ers a better chance of winning. But since those two... Um, as you said, Elijah Mitchell and uh, the the left tackle, his name escapes me. Um, since Trent they've Williams. gone down, Trent Williams, yeah. Uh, since they've gone down, I don't think they have much of a chance for the rest of the season, particularly in that tough division that they have um, going forward. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a struggle. 
yeah, that was a that was an ugly game. Um, uh, both defenses played reasonably well. I thought the Denver defense was a little better. Um, but offensively, it was just ugly. I mean, seventeen punts. Uh, I think it was. <laughs> Um, it was just Ooh, proper seat yeah. football. That was. <laughs> I mean, you, you you'd sort of expect it with Jimmy G. He's not he's not amazing, but like to see Russ struggle like that, it's. I I thought there might be some growing pains in Denver. Don't say it's concerning. It just extent, just I'll tell us what you really think. You're loving it. Yes, You're I'm loving, loving it. Seeing the, <laughs> I, I want those draft picks. I want the draft picks. Um. No, like like Russ specifically, I don't like seeing him struggle. You know, I, I do want to see him do well. Um, but to see Denver struggle is very good. Yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. I wouldn't totally agree with you on that. I don't want to see <laughs> Russ struggle. Um, you know, uh, it just kind of lends yourself to believe that it was the right decision to sort of, you know, let him go and make someone else pay him all that money. Um, so, which is good. Uh, interesting game for the Broncos coming up next week because they are facing the winless Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. In a game that the Raiders have to win. If they, Like we mentioned, that 1.7% chance of making the playoffs. They don't win that game at zero. It's done. Um, and then for, for the 49ers um, next week, they are actually on the Monday Night Football uh, hosting the Rams in an AFC West matchup. So that's going to be interesting for them. But that is our week three roundup. Uh, Rian and Al, as always, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. We as as always, as always, you're not on enough for my liking, Al. You gotta you gotta <laughs> clear that calendar and start making some time for us here now. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, quit your job, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I said, uh we will be back on Thursday where we're gonna look ahead to the game um between the Bengals and the Miami Dolphins. We will have a couple of guests in store for you there too, so keep an eye on that. Um uh, keep an eye on our social channels as well at undercenterpod on Twitter at undercenterpod on Instagram. Um, we're on YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe to our channel there to be kept up with all of our shows under Center Podcast. You'll search for it. You will find us there. If you want to listen to the show on the go, you can, of course, wherever you get your podcasts, under Center Podcast. That is where you will find the show. And make sure also that you download um, the Locker app. Like I said, we are in partnership now with Locker. It is your new sports app that uh, centralizes premium sports content and puts the power in the hands of the fans to personalize their world of sport, including a wide range of premium NFL sources that can be tailored to your fan experience. If you're in the UK and Ireland, it's on the iOS or the Play Store. Download it there today. And uh, make sure that you are staying uh, close to that too, because you might see air pretty faces on the app too. So another place to see us, which is going to be great. But that is all the time we have for on this edition of the show. And um, we will see, like I said, we'll see you again Thursday. But until then, stay safe and we'll see you soon. <laughs>